God. We've been talking about the grace of God. I want to continue to talk about that here this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me into Acts chapter 28 and verse number 1. And, and uh, I want to talk to you this morning out of uh, some example of grace in Paul's life. Paul wrote a lot about grace, but I want you to know that he wrote about it because he lived it out. Amen? And so uh, here this morning in Acts chapter 28 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Now when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called uh, Malta, Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. And so when the natives saw the uh, creature hanging from his hand, they said one to another, No doubt this is a murderer whom then he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, if not for grace, if not for grace. All of us have probably a similar story this morning uh, to what Paul talked about. Paul here survives a shipwreck and I'm sure that many of us have had shipwrecks in our life. If not for grace, you would have died in the car wreck. If it wasn't for grace, you would have been killed by that sickness that came into your life. If it wasn't for grace, that divorce would have drove you crazy. If it wasn't for grace, your family, uh, what your family has been through would have destroyed them. But like Paul, if not for grace, we would not even be here today. Amen. If not for grace, you would be locked up in prison today. If it wasn't for grace, you would be in a mental institution today. If it wasn't for grace, you would be dead by a drug overdose. But thank God for the grace of God that came to where we were and ministered to us while we were hopeless. Amen. Paul tells us here in Acts chapter 27 in verse 10, he, he gives them warning and says, Now when much time has been spent and, and sailing was now dangerous because the fast uh, was already over, Paul advised them saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and sh- uh, ship, but also our lives. Amen. Paul was telling them, don't sail. We don't always listen to wise counsel. We don't always listen to those that are over us. We choose to do our own thing and go our own way. Amen. And if we had just listened, 
amen, we could have realized here that they would not have lost their ship. They would have not lost, amen, all of the things that they had to lose during this time. It would save us a lot of heartache and shipwreck if we would only listen to those who have been in the ship before us. Amen. But you see, we we choose to go our own route. I, I know that we all have things in our life that we wish we would have listened to wise counsel about. Somebody told us that we we could do something different, but we chose not to. Amen. We've got a generation that if they would have only listened to the previous generation, we, we wouldn't be in the debt we're in today. Amen. We end the debt up to our eyeballs and, and everybody is living their life on credit and, and there's a difference between getting things that you need and things that you want. And, and we've got a generation that don't know how to control themselves and, and, and wait for the things to come to them. So they have to buy it on credit because, not because we have to have it, but because we just want it, right? And so we see that this generation has has having to pay this price and they get in such indebtedness until they're not able to come to the house of God and give God a gift. Amen. That's all right. I'll preach by myself. Bless God. Amen. You see, we get in so much in debt until we can't even be a blessing to other people. But I want you to know today that if we would have listened to somebody else along the way, right, we, that, that little Volkswagen would have got you through college. Amen. It, it, whenever they started sending you all those credit cards in the mail, you, you would realize, I don't need all of that. I can wait on this. And whenever I get to a place in my life where I get through this school and I get through life and I get me a good job, then I can pay some cash for these things that I really don't need, but I'd love to have, right? But yet we see today that this generation has paid now the price because we have not listened to previous generations. In Acts 27 and verse 11, the Bible said, Nevertheless, the centurions came, uh, was more persuaded by the helmsman or the owner of the ship than they were what Paul spoke to them. In other words, they trusted the owner of the ship rather than the man of God. And when uh, they went, when Paul said, don't go, because they did not listen, a storm came into their lives. Amen. In verse 19, 18, it said, and because they were exceedingly tempted and tossed, the next day they lightened the ship on the third day and threw the ship's tackle overboard by their own hands. Because the storm was so great in their life, they had to lighten their load. I want to tell you today in times of storm, when you're going through a storm, you have to lighten your load. The first thing that they did is get rid of their personal stuff. Now, perhaps they brought with them some valuable things. Perhaps they brought with them things that they did, uh, didn't want to leave behind. They, they brought some things with them they didn't feel like they could do without in life. But whenever the storm began to rock their boat and when things began to go chaotic in their life, what happened? They began to release those things they thought they could not leave behind. They began to release those things of great value 
And whenever a storm comes in your life, you reassess what's really important. You begin to look at some things and you reevaluate and say, can I do without this? Amen. Storms are necessary in our life because they begin to cause us to look and to see what is important and what I just would like to have. It causes us to look at our life and say, hey, you know what? It was good for a season, but I really don't need that anymore. And when storms come, you see that it'll cause you to take that baggage that you had left over from the last relationship and cause you to throw it overboard. It'll cause you to take those ungodly attitudes and say it's time to get rid of it because if I don't, this ship's going down. It'll cause you to take those negative thoughts and those mindsets that you've been giving into and say the devil is a liar and you will extract them from your life and throw them overboard because you realize it's too heavy in your life And if you don't get rid of it, you're going down. Amen. By the third day, they had already thrown everything personal that they had overboard. And now they begin to throw over the anchor of the ship. This is what you do when you are in the midst of a storm. Sometimes you don't think correctly. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you don't evaluate correctly because the thing that they needed, they threw overboard. It would have been better for them to to ride out the storm and at least have an anchor because when they threw the anchor over, they made a foolish choice. They threw the anchor of the ship away and now they have nothing to restrain them. Now they have nothing when the wind is blowing that can throw them wherever it desires to throw them. They are given to whatever a storm says, this is the way you're going. You have to go that way. Why? Because now there is nothing to anchor to. I want to tell you today what Paul said, that in troubled times, don't throw away your confidence because there is a great recompense of reward. You've got to know what to hold and what to throw. You've got to know in the midst of a storm what you can do with and what you can do without and raise God Paul was saying look you're making some mistakes you shouldn't be here in the first place but now that you've got here you've got to understand that if you're going to survive you've got to get rid of the mess that is in your life you've got to get rid of the heaviness you've got to get rid of the weight of your life but now they make this foolish choice that the only thing that is able to hold them or sustain them they throw way. Isn't it funny how we can be up in the church, loving God, get so full of the word, preach every week, hear great teaching every week, be a part of the kingdom of God, and the storm comes, and the first thing we want to do is throw the church away. First thing we want to do is throw the Bible out. First thing we want to do is give up on God. But I want to tell you today that whatever you have to extract from the ship called life, make sure that you keep Jesus in the boat with you. Amen. Because he is the anchor. He is the only hope and he is your strength this morning. Come on and give him praise today. The second thing you have to do is you must realign your priorities. When you realign your priorities so that you don't end up back in the same mess you're in now. Amen. Some people keep sailing the same chart of life. 
the same course of life. Amen? And they never redirect their path that they're on. But I want to tell you today, if you don't like going through the troubled waters, redirect your course. Amen? No one else can do that for you. As bad as they want to. Amen? They can give you counsel. They can give you advice. They can give you wisdom like Paul did. But if you don't listen to the counsel, if you don't listen to the wisdom, if you don't take charge of your life and redirect the course, it doesn't matter. You're going to end back up at the same place that you found the storm the last time. But you can overcome it. You can have victory in it. The Bible says that the ship was lost and they held on to the boards, the pieces of the ship. I believe that I'm in a room full of people here this morning that are like me, that we have all been through the test called life. We have all been through the the torn and the tattered. We have all been through life when it seemed like all we had left was a piece. It was a piece of his word. It was a piece of his promise. It seemed like that our life had been chaotic and all we had was one word to hold on to. All we had was the promise of God. All we had was just that that he had spoken in days past but we held on to that word we held on to that promise of God we held on to what God said he was going to do we held on to that dream or that vision amen and even though we were in the water we still had a hope even though that our life was turned upside down we still had a hope praise God why because yes we went through the storm yes troubled times had come but God God still gave us a word and that one word is able to take us to the island of his potential and his power in our life. And if we can just get to that place of his power and his potential, he is going to cause the dream to come to pass in our lives. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says that they had a shipwreck. Amen. But you're still here today. You're going through the storms, you're going through the shipwreck, but you're still here. You being here is a testimony against your enemy that he can't kill you. Amen. If he could have killed you, you wouldn't be here today. If he could have taken you out, he would have already done it. But the fact that you're still here this morning is a testimony against him that the God in you is greater than all the hell that has come against you. Amen. You may be broken, but you're still here. You may be confused, but you're still here. You may be dealing with, still dealing with issues, but you're still here. Amen. You haven't got it all together, but you're still here. And it's a testimony that God is greater in you than all of the hell and the assignments of the enemy and you just need to hold on to that plank and say darkness can only endure for the night baby but joy is coming in my morning and I will have victory in my life. Hallelujah. Acts 27 and verse 44 and it says and the rest and some on boards and some on parts of the ship and so it was that they all escaped safely to land. Don't you know if your enemy could have, he already would have. The fact that you're here lets you know that God is not finished with you yet. The fact that you are here 
tells me there's still purpose in you. There's still potential in you. There's still something that God is wanting to do, not only in you, but through you. And so don't allow the enemy when you're going through a storm to, to extract from you, amen, the, the understanding that you are valuable. Not only valuable to a God, but you're valuable to his kingdom in the earth. Amen. So don't allow the enemy to steal that from you in the storm. Some of the storms that we live through, we cause ourselves. There's two types of storms. First of all, there's storms that God allows. And then there's storms that we cause. The storms that God allows, Jesus told his disciples to get into a boat and go to the other side. You remember that? And while he was sending them to the other side, he being Jesus had to have known the storm was coming. But he, in his infinite wisdom, wasn't concerned about their comfort. He was concerned about changing their character. He put them in a boat, and when he put them in the boat, he was not putting them in the boat to destroy them. He was putting them in the boat to develop them. Amen. He knew that life was coming their way. He knew the time was coming when he would not be able to walk with them any longer. And they must be developed. They must mature. They must come to a place where that when the storms were raging, amen, and the waves were coming in, that they was developed to a place that they could stand in the storm by themselves. Hallelujah. That's the infinite wisdom of Jesus. And he tells them that even though you you're going through this storm. He goes at the uh, three o'clock in the morning and he the ninth watch of the day and he goes and he goes to where they are and he ministers to them because he knew they couldn't handle it anymore. I want to tell you today that in the storms that God allows, he is with you. Amen. He's not there to kill you. He is there to develop you and he will walk on water if necessary. But I, what I like is the Bible said he went to the mountain and prayed. I want to tell you today that in the storms that God allows, you are not by yourself, but Jesus is praying for you. Amen. He told Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith fail you not. He said the enemy wants to bring a storm into your life. He wants a shifting in your life. But he said, I want you to know I am praying for you. I want to tell you today that Jesus is still praying for you and for me today. The Bible said he went to the right hand of the Father God what purpose? To make intercession for you and for me. And so today you may be in a storm that God is allowing, but he hasn't brought you there to destroy you. He's brought you there to develop something in you that you can stand against the fiery trials of your enemy. Amen. Jonah calls the storm himself. God told him the direction to go, but then he chose his own direction to go. Amen? It wouldn't be bad if you chose your choices didn't affect other people. But your choices don't just have an effect on you. They have an effect on others. And Jonah got up in the boat 
And by his choice, everyone in the boat was affected by Jonah's decision. He was affected by his choice. Amen. Nobody else in that boat was going the wrong direction that the scripture indicates. Nobody else was out of the will and the direction of God that the scripture indicates. But one man crawls up in the boat and goes in a different direction. And everybody has to suffer the consequences of uh, of being rebellious. Amen. You see, whenever we make choices and decisions that are contrary to the will of God, people around us are going to be affected. Our family is going to be affected. Our children are going to be affected. Our church will be affected. But I want to tell you today that whenever I'm glad that even in the storms that we cause, God still shows us grace. Amen. I said whenever we even cause the storm. God still shows us grace. Praise God, he showed Jonah grace. How did he show him grace? He sent a great fish to swallow him up. How many know sometimes God's grace doesn't feel so good? But he takes care of us. He's got somewhere he wants to take us to. Amen. And I see old Jonah as God's grace provides a fish. Now, a great fish. What if he wouldn't have provided a great fish? Jonah would have died in the ocean. Come on, somebody. But God, in his wisdom and his grace, he brings a fish over there. When Jonah jumps over, God swallows him up with that great fish and says, Hey, man, I know that you think you know what you're doing, but I know what I'm doing. And he said, I'll just let you sit here until you understand and come to a revelation that I am the author and the finisher of your faith. And old Jonah got tired of the seaweed. He got tired of the fish's belly. Amen. And now he goes up there and projects him into the place that God said that you need to go. I want to tell you that's the grace of God. Whenever you are confused, whenever you are uh, in a place that you think you've got it all together and now you've made a mess of the thing, but God by his Holy Spirit can come with his grace and rescue you and turn that thing around and cause that storm to cease in your life and get you back on the course that he has for you. I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful today because if it had not been for his grace, my enemy would have already destroyed me. If it wasn't for his grace today, amen, we would have, none of us would have been here, but thank God he shows us grace even when we cause the storm. Amen. In our text in Acts chapter 28, it says that the world showed them great kindness. Sometimes people in the world will treat you better than folk in the church. I know I'm telling it right. Amen. He said they looked at us. They weren't dressed like us. They didn't look like us. But they overwhelmed us with kindness. It was cold, it was rainy, and they built a fire for us. Paul was going to help them by picking up some sticks and putting them on the fire. Amen. And we see how that that turned out, that the enemy would uh, come up there, and the devil, whenever he uh, come there, it says that he latched onto his arm. The devil can't stay where the fire of God is. 
I said, the devil cannot stay where the fire of God is. If the enemy is messing around in your house and messing around in your life and messing around in your family, build yourself a fire. I said, build yourself a fire. Take the word of God and build yourself a fire. Stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you and build yourself a fire because wherever the fire of God is, the devil has got to go. Amen. When the fire of God starts burning in your life, habits are going to come out. Attitudes are going to come out. Addictions are going to come out. Mindsets are going to come out. Amen. That snake can't stay where the fire of God is. And so if you want the blessing of God, if you want the favor of God, if you want the grace of God, build yourself a fire. Why, Pastor? Because you need something to shake that serpent off into. The Bible said that Paul took that serpent and he shook himself. Sometimes you just got to shake yourself. You got to shake off that mindset. You got to shake off, amen, that direction the enemy wants to take you. You got to shake it off. Where do you shake it off? You don't shake it off behind you so it can come get a hold of you again. You shake it off into the fire. Glory to God. And if you'll shake it off into the fire of God, the word of God will destroy and annihilate the work of the enemy and the blessing of God will be revealed upon your life. Amen. Now verse 6 said they watched. They said, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Amen. It's like church folk. They say, we'll see if they make it. They went to the altar before, but we'll see. We'll just watch them. We'll we'll just wait and see. We we know that she's done that before, but we'll just see. Everyone doesn't want you to succeed. Everyone isn't going to be dancing at your parade. Some folks want to rain on your parade. They want to kill you in the middle of the storm. They'd rather talk about you at the water cooler as they're dead than they would a victory that you came out. But I want to tell you that that whenever we see this, we see that they watched him. But whenever they thought he should have been swollen because they had seen people get bit before. They knew that in a few hours they would start swelling up a little while longer and they would die. Amen. But the Bible says when they watched him and he did not swell, when he watched him and they said he should be dead by now, but he was still alive. The scripture says they changed their mind again. Amen. That's just like people. Amen. They're so fickle. You can't put your trust in people because they'll be waving palm branches on Sunday and they'll nail you to the cross on Friday. Come on, somebody. But I want to tell you today that you can put your trust in Jesus Christ. You can put your confidence in Him. Amen. That's the reason you can't just listen to everybody. Amen. I'm not going to take counsel if I'm having trouble in my marriage. I'm not going to take counsel for somebody that's been divorced six times. 
Amen. I'm taking, uh, having financial difficulty. I'm not going looking for somebody that's done been bankrupt five times and want to tell me how to, uh, nah. Amen. I want to tell you, you've got to understand that whenever there is carnal people trying to speak into your life that know more about the sports and what's going on than they do the word of God, I'm telling you, you don't need to take spiritual counsel from them. You need to find somebody that knows the word of God, knows the promise of God, and say we're going to stand upon the promise of God Almighty. Amen? You see, when storms come in your life, don't tell everybody your business. Amen? Don't tell everybody your business. Get on Facebook. How stupid is that? I said stupid. Amen? Get on Facebook and telling all your stuff. Then don't know who to tell. So you go over there and tell Mrs. Bucketmouth. Amen. And everyone knows your business. And now you frustrate the grace of God. Because God's wanting to work this thing out. But you over there telling everybody and talking about and telling all your trash and telling all the dirty. Huh? And now God's wanting to come around there and swoop it up and show grace and mercy. But, but your spouse won't even come to church now because everybody else knows their mess. I'm preaching better than you letting on. Amen. Your child, amen, is wanting to come to church, wanting to come into the kingdom of God. But because you done run your mouth. Oh, yeah. Preach on, pastor. Amen. Because you done told everything about them and told how bad they are. But I want to tell you, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. Ever once you got to be careful. Amen. Who you tell your business to. And you've got to know that God, you can trust them. You don't need to tell everybody. You don't need to get on the internet. You don't need the Facebook. You need to get down on your face and get in the book and say, God, I need your direction. I need your wisdom and you're the only one that can turn this around for me. Amen. God's wanting to work it out. He's wanting to bring healing. He's wanting to bring hope into the situation. But you frustrate the grace of God because you're going around telling all the negative instead of holding on to God's promise. Sometimes you just got to be quiet in the storm. Seek God's counsel, not deadly gossip. They kept watching Paul because they had seen others snake bit, swelled up and died. He should have been dead by now. Amen. I've come to talk to someone who should have already been dead. Amen. I've come to talk to somebody that you should have already swollen up. Amen. Made it mad at the world. Should have already been mad at God. Should have already gave up on the church. If someone else had have been half through half of the pressure and the trouble that you were, they'd have already been on pills and strung out and couldn't deal with it. But God's grace has covered you. God's grace has sustained you. God's grace has helped you to survive the shipwreck, to survive the storm, to survive the snake bite. Amen. And I've come to tell you today that you can make it. Not only are you going to make it, amen, it is going to have no negative effect on you. Amen. 
You're not going to be bitter. You're not going to be angry. You're not going to end up a basket case. You're not going to end up swollen. But when God's grace comes into your life, he's going to take that test that you're in and turn it into a testimony. And when people see what you have been through and what people have known, the things that you've gone through in life, they're not going to believe that you still got a smile on your face. They're not going to believe that you still got a sweet spirit. They don't they aren't going to be able to believe that you're still living life to the fullest. But I want to tell you like the Hebrew boys when they were thrown into the fiery furnace. Somebody said that God caused the heat to be turned down. I wish they'd tell that to the men that threw them in. Because the Bible said it killed them. Come on somebody. It was hot. Here what the Bible said, they turn it up one seventh time hotter than it normally was. And so therefore we see that it was hot, but the Hebrew boys had a test. They had to go through the fire, but the testimony was on the other side because when they looked at them, they, their hair wasn't singed, their coats weren't singed. The Bible even said they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Glory to God. When you come out of this test, when you go through this trial, if it were not for grace, it would have killed you. But because of his grace and his mercy, you're not even going to have the smell of smoke. You're not going to have the resemblance that there has ever been anything done to you. Why? Because God's grace has engulfed you and said, you're going to go to the other side of this thing. Oh, come on and praise him today. Hallelujah. My time is gone. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. I thank God for grace. I thank God for grace because I've lived long enough to know that I can't do it on my own. But his grace, where would I be? God only knows. But I'm glad you see through eyes of love a hopeless case, an empty place, if not for grace. But I'm glad for his grace today. If you're going through a storm, you're going through a difficult time in your life, and you say, Pastor Brian, you know what? I don't, I can't make it. I can't make heads or tails. I know there's some things I need to throw overboard, but I don't want to throw the wrong things overboard. I know that God is good, but I need to see his grace in this situation in my life today. If you're here this morning and you need his grace and you need his presence in your life, You're in the midst of that storm and you just need him to come and say, peace be still.